This gospel story is rife with people messing up, and horribly so. I mean, yes, this is a wild understatement. After all, the Son of God is being crucified. But the powerful who have ordered this execution and the people doing their bidding, these are not the only ones who have gone astray. There was his friend Judas who sold Jesus out, turned him in. There were the other disciples, largely innocent, but unable to pull themselves together and keep Jesus company in his fear and grief. There was Peter, who tried to stick with him, but when put on the spot, denied any connection again and again. Then there were the chief priests and the elders who, in their fear for what Jesus' teachings might mean for them, insisted that the murderer Barabbas be released instead. And now, finally, here is this criminal hanging next to Jesus and using his final breath to mock him to heap yet more pain on this innocent man. These failures, massive as they are, they do not have the last word. The hurt, the betrayal, the violence, the mocking, these do not win. It is astonishing that this could be the case. And it's still happening now. I see this gospel playing out in real time in many places. And one remarkable example that has stuck with me is in the work of Father Greg Boyle and the community that has grown up around him. Maybe you've heard about him. He's a Jesuit priest and in the mid-80s, he was assigned to lead Mission Dolores. It's the poorest Roman Catholic church in Los Angeles, and it was his first call. The parish was riddled with poverty and gang violence. It was surrounded by patterns of the kind of mistakes and failures that fit in this gospel passage. Betrayals violence, deeply held animosity. Settling into this community and quickly, Father Greg's response came in a matter of years. And in 1988, he founded what's called Homeboy Industries. It's a group of businesses all staffed by former gang members and people trying to build new lives on the other side of doing time in prison. Initially, I think Father Greg saw the need that so many had for a regular paycheck. And also, he could see that for many of them, landing a job with a history of gang connections and crime was 
really difficult. But he's come to see that it's more than that. That the money helps, but even more important is the sanctuary they create together. A place where people can heal and move beyond what they've done and where they've been. So much of that, I think, begins with how Father Greg chooses to see each person, looking beyond how they appear or past what they've done. He tells one story of a young man who showed up in his office, just released from prison, and completely covered with tattoos. Now, this priest has seen a lot, and even he was taken aback. In particular, he says, by the devil's horns, this young man had tattooed on his forehead. Carlos asked for help, explaining, not at all to Father Greg's surprise, that he was having a hard time finding work. <laughs> he had been in prison since he was 14 years old. He had never worked a job, ever. Father Greg hired him on the spot, gave him a job in their silk screening shop. And he called him up a few days later to check in, to see how it was going. Carlos said, you know, it feels proper. I'm holding my head up high. He went on to describe how after his first day of work, he was tired and dirty and riding the bus, but he couldn't help himself. He turned to total strangers there on the bus and exclaimed, I just got back from my first day of work. Just got back from my first day on the job. This community this job, this leader, they had given Carlos a chance. And in that, they had given him dignity. They'd given him the opportunity to transform his pain rather than just keep passing it on. And this is what we see Jesus doing again and again and again all throughout his life up through his betrayal and trial, all the way to this apparent end on the cross. Even as Jesus knows that Judas is giving him up, still he breaks bread with him. Even after Peter denies Jesus, as the other disciples fall away too, he will return to them after the resurrection eating with them, offering them his peace. In response to all who condemn him, those who conspire and act to crucify him, Jesus prays that God would forgive them before they have even finished hurting him. And here, finally, is the other criminal hanging at his side. This one who recognizes that he has done wrong, that he is receiving his sentence. 
This criminal sees Jesus for who he is, sheltering him from the other man's mocking. And he has just one request, that Jesus remember him. Jesus offers him more, the promise that this man will be with him in paradise, that they will be together in whatever comes next. Another chance for each of them, for all of them. What binds Father Greg's work together with the returning life in this gospel is the gift of second chances. It is the absolute commitment to this way of not letting the pain be the point of determination, the verdict, the sentence. Today we celebrate the feast of Christ the King. And on this day we encounter not a triumphant, regal king, but a broken man hanging on a cross. Seemingly unable or unwilling to save himself to the derision of a common criminal and mean-spirited soldiers. We see a king who knows our pain, who enters into it, and even there offers another way. This is a kingdom defined by second chances by the many that God gives us, undeserved, maybe even without us asking for them. All these chances, all designed to draw us near to God and pull us into more abundant life. And if we are willing, it's a kingdom built up by the second chances we offer one another. The question always is how we will respond to this gift. What would change if we chose to root ourselves in this kingdom? Where are we being led to live like Father Greg and to create second chances and offer them freely? Maybe it's not starting a whole new business and community like he did. But who is it that you will see or, or maybe call this week who could use a second chance? Who would benefit from your reaching to believe that healing is possible or from your sharing this way of transforming our pain rather than just passing it on in perpetuity. And perhaps even more importantly, what would be possible in your life if you came to trust that this second chance existed for you? That no matter where you've been, no matter what you've messed up or left undone, that God is always ready, immediately ready, to extend that chance to you. What then?
This is what we celebrate today. Not thrones, not crowns and might, not the hubris that we Christians are any better than anyone else. Today we celebrate the beauty of forgiveness offered with wild abandon to anyone who will pick it up. There is such freedom in this realm of God, led by the one who knows our pain, who longs for our healing, and who invites us to take up this second chance and live.